0: you good no you're not you're not baby and it's okay you're not good and it's okay you don't need to be good all the time it's okay to not be good you are tuned in to that's not on brand the podcast Hello everyone, Brene here, and welcome back to another episode of That's Not On Brand, the podcast. It's been a while. I know, I know. Hey. 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 How y'all doing? I know, it's been a while. It's been so long that it literally just took me 30 minutes to figure out how to hook up this mic. Mind you, this is the same mic that I've been using for the longest. It's like, I just have brain fog. I don't remember how to do anything. I don't really know what internet is. Plus, it's been so long since I sat down and recorded that. I have to relearn how to tolerate my voice, if that makes sense. I'm like, girl, this is what you sound like? Okay. Um, But yeah, we're here now. That's all that matters, right? If you listen to the last episode in its entirety, then you would know that my grandmother transitioned. Yes, the same grandmother that I talk about every chance I get on this podcast. My grandmother, Bobby Jean. That resulted in me taking a much needed break. So I'm definitely not going to apologize for my absence, but I do want to thank those who understood and sent their condolences. My time away has been a roller coaster of emotions, and I'm not going to lie, I was very apprehensive about sharing it because. I realize that public grief makes me uncomfortable, very uncomfortable, but I know that by expressing myself and being transparent, it will help aid me into getting back into the world and moving forward. And that's exactly what I need because I can't even count how many times I sat down and try to record. It's so many things I wanted to talk about, topics I wanted to discuss, but it's like I wasn't in the right space because I wasn't sharing this, you know, I wasn't sharing what I was dealing with so we're going to be talking about that in today's episode so I guess I'll give a little disclaimer slash trigger warning that in this episode we're going to be talking about death bereavement grief and mental health so if any of those things are a little bit too somber for you or triggering then this might not be the episode for you today Wodi, and that's okay that's okay I have plenty of other light-hearted episodes that you can check out so go ahead and do that all right so with that being said let's get into it I feel like this is the part in our episodes where like we pop open a bottle of our favorite champagne or our favorite wine, but today we're going to just be drinking water, okay? I was going to do some tea. I had like this ginger tea from Trader Joe's, Um, but yeah, there's no lemon in the house. I don't drink my tea with like any type of sweetener, so like no honey, no sugar, and yeah, if I don't have lemon, tea by itself is basically like you're drinking out of a leather coach bag. And that's not on brand. So we're just going to deal with our H2O. That's what we're going to do, right? So yeah, let's get into it. Let, let's pick up where we left off. So last time y'all heard from me, like I was setting intentions for 2021. And I remember being so damn excited because I was putting in all of this self-work, okay? Everything we've been talking about and healing through, you know, we're breaking the fourth wall, all of that. And you can argue that 2020 showed us that we don't have no business planning a thing. You know, we saw how quickly things can change and how some things are just out of our control. So it's like, what, what you doing? What you trying to plan, girl? And that's alarming for a Scorpio who's on the spectrum and don't like change. That's alarming to hear that, to know that like I don't have control of certain things. But I feel like I was getting the hang of it. I was still really optimistic about this year and planning the first quarter of 2021, you know, so brand and business goals, health goals, and that included mental and physical, where I wanted to be spiritually, where I wanted to be creative wise, all of that. And I even planned on making a trip to Vegas so I can visit my brother and sister. Their birthdays is actually on New Year, so I was going to go out there and celebrate with them. But as we got closer to the date, I don't know. I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore (laughs) I don't want to go so I'll just video chat y'all I don't know I don't know what it was it just something in me as we kept getting closer to the date I just didn't want to go it just didn't feel like I was ready to so instead I brought in the new year in the house curled up in bed with my grandmother counting down the clock and we will hold on to whatever money we have in our hand like that's always been our tradition We will hold on to it so we don't go into the new year broke. So it's something I've just been doing since I was a kid and she always said to do that so you can stay prosperous throughout the year. And you know, now that I look back, I'm like Brene, have you ever been broke? Yes, there's been times that your funds were low, but have you ever been broke? No. And that's a blessing. So shout out to God and shout out to my grandmama. So yeah, I brought in the new year, curled up in bed with my grandmother, and thirty seven hours later I'm having to say goodbye to her in a cold ass hospital bed, cold ass hospital room that they weren't even trying to let us in due to COVID restrictions. Like, <sighs> I've lost and grieved before. I've grieved relationships, friendships. You know, many of you guys know my biological parents passed away when I was really young, and I got through that. But this. This is different. My grandmother's departure is my first major loss of someone I actually knew and was extremely attached to. She's someone who has been a consistent figure in my life, someone I've shared memories with, looked at as a best friend, someone who supported and protected me like no other. My grandmother, grandmama, nana, Bobby Jean. Wow, where do I begin? I feel like when most family talk about her, they instantly go to the gangster side of her. That kill a king. It's the god in me, but also it's the glock in me. So play your cards right side of her, you know? Protective, down for whatever version. That's usually where they go. And that's why when Medea first hit the scene with those plays, my family and I used to really sit back like, damn, when did grandma license her life story to Tyler Perry? Like, seriously, she she just wasn't a six foot five man in drag. But there were many similarities between my grandmother and Medea during the early stages of those plays. You know, she was really with the shits, but there's so much more to her. Like when I think of my grandmother, of course, I think of that. But I also think about how she was the first person to hold me when I was born and how happy she was to tell me that. I think about how she truly allowed me to be myself. Like the same person I am on the internet, the same person I am with my friends, the goofy no filter Renee, she has gotten to witness that and she doesn't judge me on it. I think back to when I first shaved my head, everybody was against it. She was even against it. But when she saw it, she loved it. She enjoyed seeing me dye it all these crazy colors. One day I'll walk into her room, my hair is lavender. The next day is pink. The next day is blue. The day after that, it's green. And she used to really be like, wow, I love your hair. And I used to joke like, grandmama, let me dye your hair purple. But my mama wasn't having that. She was low-key being a hater when she should just let me dye my grandmama hair purple. But yeah, she really allowed me to be myself. When I be wearing my dresses that barely cover my ass, instead of her like hating on the youth, she'll just be like complimenting how thick my thighs are and how solid they are, as opposed to telling me to go put some clothes on like, I remember this one time she was spending the night over my house and she slept in my room. Now, my grandmother loved Pepsis, right? So she would go and buy these two liter Pepsis, hide them in my closet because she didn't like people drinking up her stuff. And one day she went in my closet to get out her Pepsi and she ends up seeing my Pleaser heels. Now, if y'all don't know where Pleaser heels are, they are stripper heels, okay? You know, real... mm you know that type of energy and I remember she took him out the closet looked at me and was just like I don't know how y'all girls be walking in these high heels and I just start busting up laughing because it's like damn (laughs) it's like I wasn't expecting you to find that Nana and she was just like all right now be careful you be wearing heels this high your coochie gonna fall out And I'm just laughing even more like, girl, first of all, why are you saying coochie? Second of all, how is it going to fall out? And she was so serious. She's like, no, my cousin back in Kansas City used to wear heels like this and her coochie fell out. She had to go to the ER and I'm on the floor dying. Like what, grandmama? What? (laughs) Like who coochie is falling out from wearing like high heels and. Her and my mom really allowed me to be myself. And that means so much to me. You know, I also like to think about the type of loyal she was. My grandmother was a Leo. I love Leo energy. That's one thing I can't say. But she was so loyal. She was a type that will back you up. And even if you are wrong, she won't like pull your card in front of people about you being wrong. You know, she just still had your back. Once we get behind closed doors, that's when she'll look at you like, I'm not going to tell you what you did was wrong because you already know. Just don't do that shit again. And I respect that. I just think of that and how charismatic she was and how funny and entertaining she was telling the best stories. Literally everybody in my family, and I feel like we got it from her, is the way that we could tell a story, our personalities, and just like our sense of humor. My grandmother is funny as fuck, okay? Stuff like that, memories like that just make me smile. I think about how selfless and soft she was. Now, this right here might be a little controversial to some members of my family because a lot weren't able to experience that side of her. And it makes me think of like that, (laughs) that Queen Latifah meme where it's like how my mama was when she was raising me. And then it's like the picture of Queen Latifah when she was playing Cleo and set it off, hanging out of the car with the gat versus how she is with her grandkids and then it's like a picture of Queen Latifah maybe on the Oscar red carpet and that dead ass was my grandmama because I was able to experience that side of her and I remember there was a time in my youth that certain family members made it their business <laughs> they were trying their hardest to project their experience onto me to taint and sway how I felt about not only my grandmother but my mom The woman who stepped up and raised me when my biological parents weren't in the right space to do that, but because they were bitter and resentful, they wanted me to feel the same way, and they always disguised it as, I'm looking out for you. I knew then, like I know now, that that's their truth, not mine. I'm not going to dismiss theirs either, but I'm just grateful that I got to experience her softness, you know? It's just so many stories I could tell about my grandmother, so many stories I could tell about her, of how she stepped up for me and my siblings. Like, we could be here for years. (laughs) The whole podcast could be like, damn, a love letter to my grandmother, I'm not even going to hold you. But that's my grandmother. And I miss her daily. I really do. She's only been physically gone for, what, four months now. But I've been mourning her long before. I think it's an appended loss. I think that's what they call it. She had behavioral dementia. And that started to affect her mobility. Well, that along with arthritis. That will cause her so much pain. But she would never tell nobody that she was in pain. That's the type of person she was. Um, But those things took away her independence. And that was something that she thrived on. She always made a way and got shit done, whether it was on feet, bus, or a car. Like, she got shit done. She actually preferred to be on a bus because that's where she would make her friends socialize, you know, flirt with the operators. (sighs) A true Leo. That's all I could think about. Like, just so charismatic. She liked to travel, spend money, eat good. And she did all that alone damn that kind of sounds like me <laughs> that's probably why we we mesh so well together we're so similar but knowing that she thrived on independence and then seeing where she was at the last year and a half like seeing her this last year and a half going in and out of a hospital and rehabilitation centers reverting back to a child that was the hardest for me to watch so I've been mourning that version of her I grew up knowing. I've been crying myself to sleep way before she left physically, but it didn't make it any easier. It's still hard for me to process the newfound echo in the house, the disruptive routine of waking up, getting her ready for the day, cooking for her, sneaking her coffee, bribing her with Heath bars so she would participate in physical therapy. Like, it just doesn't feel real that that's not my routine anymore. You know, surprising her with flowers and her favorite goodies just because it doesn't feel real that I'm not able to do that anymore. It doesn't. Four months in or not, it doesn't. I'm grateful that she never forgot who she was or who we were. She may have gotten confused here and there with some things, but she was still sharp like you pulled her out a pencil sharpener. Caregiving is hard. Being a caregiver is really hard. It's not for everybody. If you don't have the patience, if you don't have empathy, compassion, or even the ability to not take things personal, you shouldn't be a caregiver, point blank, period. You shouldn't. I'm thankful for my mom for stepping up, and I'm honored that I even got the chance to help take care of someone who took care of me. No matter how hard it got, like, I honestly, I'll do it again. And again, and again, for her, dealing with an appending loss is like, I was trying to prepare myself for this. And you think that, okay, it's today going to be the day. It's today I'm going to walk into her room and she's no longer going to physically be here. And, you know, you thinking that you're preparing yourself for something, but it doesn't even go down like that. And it, it doesn't make it any easier. When all of this happened in January, I didn't even have time to grieve. I just knew that I was at peace with my grandmother's transition because I knew how much of a fighter she was. Knowing all of the things that she survived, all of the things she pushed through in her 90 years on this earth, it was time for her to rest. And at this point, it would be selfish for me not to let go. That's how I was looking at it. Because I knew that My grandmother knew that I loved her and I knew that she loved me. And even going back to that day, like New Year's morning, we're not even knowing what the next couple of hours are about to be. And just the interaction that I had with her, her making it her business to tell me how sweet I am to her and how I'm the sweetest in the house, that meant a lot to me. So I just remember initially feeling at peace, but. There was still sadness, and I know that that seems paradoxical, but it's my truth. The first couple of days, I was able to cry my eyes out, but after that, everything was on go. It was nonstop planning, <sighs> so much planning. I saw face to face how COVID shifted things. The morgues was filled to capacity. It was difficulty finding churches. It was a lot. And while we're on the subject of planning. I wanted to know, like, what are y'all views on getting your affairs in order? Like, do you find it to be morbid or jinxing? I'm asking this because me and my sisters talk about it a lot. And we ask questions. We want to know what the next person wants. And my cousin finds it weird, like we're jinxing our lives. And I don't see it that way. I see it as like, I know how I like things, okay? And even though when my time comes, I know I'm not going to be able to be in full control. But it's like, honor what I like. (laughs) honor what I like and also I don't want my family to have to go the GoFundMe route I just would rather be prepared and no disrespect to the people that have to go that route because I know it'd be beyond their control I just think that we should be prepared and my cousin is looking at it as like girl you're not going to be here as long as you have insurance you should let people do what they want to do because you're not going to be here to have a say in." and I'm just like oh I'll be here (laughs) that's one thing i will do because i will make it my business i will make it my business to come back and cut on every light in somebody's house make sure their light bill is high i'm gonna be running water your water bill is going to be high your gas bill is going to be high because you chose not to honor my wishes while you're out you're going to think you cut off all your appliances psych i'm plugging all that shit back up (laughs) that's going to be me but yeah I don't know how I just went on that tangent anyway um January it naturally feels like a year but this time for me it felt like the five-year time jump in Pretty Little Liars that's what it felt like a day's and you're just dealing with family more than normal so that came with different personalities that came with entitlement and egos But we're not even going to dwell on that because there was family who really did step up and practice solidarity and love and compassion. And I know that my grandmother was looking down, just smiling, cherishing all of that. I do want to give a shout out to my mama. She really stepped up. Like, I'm not surprised. She's always been the one to step up. But just seeing the growth in her during this time, seeing how resilient she is, the strength that she conveyed, it was just like. I'm really proud of her because I know that I'm not the only one who lost someone. She lost her mom. It's crazy how in the very first episode of That's Not On Brand, which by the way, by the time y'all listen to this, it will be the one year anniversary since That's Not On Brand premiered and episode one I remember me and my sister like we spoke about our family dynamics and how we didn't really see ourselves as being family oriented and since then God has consistently consistently showed me that I didn't know what the hell I was talking about I didn't and he continued to open up doors for me to start reconnecting, and healing even before my grandmother's transition wow If those conversations and those phone calls weren't made, it would have been so awkward. (laughs) It would have been so awkward for us to deal with this loss with that unfinished business that we had. That's why I don't believe in coincidences. I don't. I don't. I believe that everything happens for a reason. I believe in divine timing. I believe in all of that. My cousin brought up how my biological mom was the glue of our family. I've heard that my entire life. Every single one of her siblings, they speak so highly of her. They always speak about how she was their best friend. And she literally was the glue of the family. She kept everyone together, her personality, her spirit, all of that. And he spoke about that and how her death separated us. And now that our grandmother is gone, he brought up how that is what's bringing us closer together. And I'm just like, wow, that's unfortunate. That really is because I know that this isn't what my biological mom and my grandmother wanted. I know that they wanted us to stay together from the beginning. And I know that this is all my grandmother wanted, even while she was here. Like, I don't even want to get into that. I know she didn't want us apart. I know that. And I just really wish that she was here to see all this. I really wish my biological mom was physically here to see all this, to really see her kids, her grandkids, great-grandkids, and just see how magical we are when we're all together. My grandmother's celebration of life was the first time, the first time that my siblings and I were all in the same room together in decades. We're all paired off in different states. And when we do get together, we're usually missing a person. So, like, for this to be the first time that we're all under the same roof in decades is just, like, mind-blowing. Like, what? But us being together again, the house being filled with so much laughter, love, story times. Like, I, I remember looking across the room at my siblings, my cousins, my nieces and nephews, like, wow. We are for real the next generation. Like we are the aunties now. We are the aunties and uncles. Like our youthful asses are aunties and uncles. with responsibilities. That is so wild. We really do have to do better with keeping us together. We have to do better than the generation before us. And I will hope that the generation under us would do even better than us. There's so much magic in our family. There's so much. And. I'm just really thankful for them like I really am I'm thankful for them and the time that we spent together because I needed it I really did but like once everyone left that's when the true grieving began for me because I was no longer distracted by their presence and what was on the to-do list it was me myself and I and HBO Max and I'm gonna tell you now that's usually how I handle my bereavement or any other problems it's by myself reflecting And re-watching shows that I already know the outcome to, So you already know that's me crying in Pretty Little Liars. That's me crying in The Nanny. There's some days where my energy isn't there. The phone is on Do Not Disturb. I'm sleeping all day. I'm crippled with anxiety just at the thought of having to leave the house. I'm neglecting all aspects of self-care because I don't have the energy. It's like, I can't. I can't. And then there's days where I'm hella productive. You know, I'm returning phone calls and texts. I'm stretching, taking my vitamins, even though I'm like a damn motivational speaker. Seriously, like some days I felt like my son was in TD Jakes while my moon was in Kirk Franklin's leaked audio clip of him cussing out his son. Very on brand for me, by the way. And you know what? This is no different than what I'm usually going through what I'm usually going through in my day-to-day life. So like when I did decide to open up, cause you know, when you deal with a loss, that's when everybody all of a sudden like sees you in a sense. So it's like, now people are really calling to check on you. So if this is how I'm normally feeling and I get through it, I get through it. Um, but this is how I'm normally feeling. And then here I am opening up to people. Like I'm telling them about these little days that I'm having. It was a lot of, well, she wouldn't want you to be sad. And I'm like, duh, bitch, I don't even want to be sad. Like, (laughs) I don't even want to be sad. But it was met with that and a lot of other cold and dismissive response. People really don't know how to hold space for people. I say that every time. I say that every time. I feel like they don't really want to know how you are. It's just they really think they're helping, you know. (laughs) They really think they are, but they they don't know the art of listening. They don't. And I feel like with a loss or with grieving, the people who are grieving, well, let me speak from personal experience. Like, I just be wanting you to listen and I can tell when people aren't listening with their ears. I can, I can. You know, you could like see the wires going off in their head. Like I want to interrupt this person and tell them that their grandmother doesn't want them sad or, you know, she was 90 years old, you know, cold shit like that. Or like, I want to tell Brene she's going to have to get out of this. And it's just like, oh, baby girl, <laughs> baby girl. But like, while we're on this, let's talk. Many were concerned about my well-being. They were because they knew the relationship I had with my grandmother. And I get that. That's valid. So I do appreciate the people who took the time out to check in on me and were genuine about it. You know, they took the time out to check in on me and my family. I appreciate that. Y'all know I did. i let y'all know. But to the people who thought that it was okay to reach out to my mom and warn her on how I would react to this news by harming myself, go to hell. Respectfully. Go to hell because this is coming from people who actually have my number, so they could have easily picked up the phone to see how I was doing, as opposed to saying something like that to my mom, who was also grieving her mom and preparing to lay her to rest. Like, what type of math be mathing in y'all head for y'all to think that that's okay? And I remember when my mom told me that, I just got so irritated and I felt like she was making excuses for the person, and I'm just like, no, that's. Bullshit. And she was just saying things like, you know, they just feel this way because they know that you deal with depression and they know that you lost your mom and they know that you lost your father and they know how close you were to your grandmother. And this is just like something really major for you. And I'm just like, at the end of the day, that is bullshit. I see right through it. Yes, I lost my mom. My mom passed away when I was two and a half. I can count on one hand how many memories I have with her. On one hand. And one of those memories is me seeing her in a casket. I didn't have the chance to really get attached to her. I can't tell you what she smelled like. I can't tell you, you know, what her voice sounds like. Yes, I lost my father. My father passed away when I was 13. And even before then, he wasn't in my life. You know, when my father passed away, I was a freshman in high school. And I did slip into a deep depression that a lot of people weren't really clocking at that time. But the family that was around me, who is also saying this stuff now, was just like, during that time, y'all didn't make that process easier for me. Y'all literally were projecting all of these things onto me that I wasn't. And it's basically what they're doing now again. And it's, it's so wild to me. And I'm like, if you would pick up the phone and call me and see how I was, you will see how different this is for me as opposed to me losing my parents. I mentioned how I didn't have a chance with them. You get what I'm saying? So me grieving them, it was different. I was feeling lost. I was feeling hopeless because I was dealing with abandonment, because I was putting pieces together of who they were and what would my life be like if, you know, they went this way. And it wasn't like that for my grandmother. My grief was from love when it comes to my grandmother, as opposed to despair, like I felt many years ago when my biological parents left. And you would know that, again, if you picked up the phone and called me, but instead, they felt it on their heart. The spirit led them to call my mom in their words and tell them something like that while they are grieving the loss of their mother that's bullshit like that just don't sit right on my spirit it opened up my eyes of just how people view mental health and grieving it's so surface level they think that just because you're depressed it instantly goes to you harming yourself or something like that when it's so many layers to this it's so many layers (sighs) I feel like instead of viewing me and my mental health through that lens Of just this dark cloud and just the way that they be going about it. I'm like, why not look at my track record? Look and see like, wow, Brene really did experience those traumas. And she really did experience those shortcomings. But she's resilient. She persevered. Like, I'm still going to check on her because I care for her and I love her. But I witnessed her strength before and I know that she got this. Like, give me some credit. But instead, it's the whole... Putting it out there like you're just so worried about me and my well being. It's so musty. It just it's not genuine. It's not you guys. I feel like I just went on a tangent, but if only you knew Patty Labelle style. Like it's not genuine, okay? So yeah, it was a lot of that, and I felt like I had to constantly reassure certain people that I was okay, you know. And a part of me started to internalize how I should be grieving. And that's when I started to low-key compare my experiences with grief versus those around me. I could be looking at a family member like, wow, you know, they're still being productive. They're still out here handling their business. They're still out here being able to hang out with friends and go on these trips and do X, Y, and Z. And it just at times be feeling like you're the only one who's mourning or you're the only one who's affected by this. And I know that's not the case though, but that's how I was feeling. and. Then I think about how, you know, I never saw my grandmother cry and we've been to plenty of funerals. We experienced some traumatic shit together and I never saw my grandmother shed a tear and I didn't realize how much of an effect that had on me until, you know, this time. It was a huge contrast to me because I'm someone who is extremely sensitive and empathetic and it don't matter what it is, I'm crying. Movies, TV shows, even if I've seen it fifty, eleven times, I'm crying. Good news, bad news, I'm crying. Animals just being animals, I'm crying. And my grandmother didn't make me feel this way whatsoever, but there was times that others did make me feel like because I was too sensitive that I was too much a drama queen, emotional. And, you know, that has its effects on you. And I remember talking about death with someone years ago. I think it was after I went to my friend's cousin funeral and I didn't even know their cousin and I was crying my ass off. You would think that that was my cousin. It just, I was super sensitive about it. And I remember, you know, talking to this person about that and um, telling them how sentimental I am. And they basically responded with the whole, we all have to die one day. I don't really dwell on that. I don't dwell on that or missing people because life goes on. And since I always admired the fact that my grandmother never cried, like I just viewed that as the epitome of strength, you know, that she was always on her Mary J. Blige tip. I was eating that up. You get what I'm saying? I was viewing my sadness, which was completely valid, but I was viewing it as a weakness. And I thought that them saying this was so healthy and so strong and like, wow, I wish that I was able to think like that, but it's actually really cold to me. To me, I'm going to say to me. Life goes on. Yes, it does. And that's the triggering part, at least for me, you know, because nothing stops just because you lost someone. And these last four months have really just shown me that. Bills and rent is still due. Work still needs to be done. And social media is the perfect example of showing you how much life goes on. You know, you sign on, you're grieving, you're feeling some type of way, but you're able to see other people and their family and their grandmothers being posted. You're able to see other people just showing miscellaneous shit, their new pairs of shoes, just things that really don't matter. And you're sitting there like, wow, none of this stuff matters. And it just shows you life goes on with or without you, with or without your grandmother. You're having moments where you're literally crying, listening to Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion walk. Like who cries to that, Brene? Why does she cry to that? because <laughs> oh my gosh whenever my mom used to try to make my grandmother gargle her mouthwash she used to be like gargle mama open your mouth and gargle and then me and my cousin was off on the side one day and I was just like gargle me swallow me <laughs> I just kept saying it to my grandmother like gargle me swallow me so it's like I can't even listen to WAP anymore I can't because I'd be crying But yeah, it's just like life really does go on with or without you, you know, and then like as time progresses, you stop visiting their graves less and less. You stop celebrating their birthdays less and less. And I don't want to do that. That's what I don't want to do. It's like I'm grown now. I'm able to, you know, be in control of certain things. So that's something that I want to keep the tradition going and Yeah, it took me going back to that conversation I had with that person to realize that I don't want any of that. You know, I needed to stop viewing my sadness and pain as a negative when it's part of me being human. My ability to have empathy is one of my favorite qualities about myself and definitely my strength. Like I love how sentimental I am. I love the fact that like, you know, if you ever given me a card, if you ever written me a letter from sixth grade and up, I have that shit. Voice notes, I have that shit. Physical pictures, I have that shit. And it means so much to me. And I will want somebody to do that for me. I will want somebody to keep my memory alive, my traditions alive, and not just have that mindset that, oh, I'm not going to miss you because, you know, life goes on and it's not healthy to dwell on the past. Like, remember me, bitch. Like, (laughs) I want you to tell stories on how it was a positive motivating force within your life. Like, are you dumb? You know, I'm really sentimental because for one, it's just in me, but also it's like, I find comfort in that because I didn't have that chance with my biological parents. I didn't grow up with baby pictures of me. I didn't grow up with pictures of my mom and my dad. You know, I didn't grow up having cards signed by them. I'm just really sentimental and I love it. I love it so like I needed to stop demonizing my thoughts and my feelings that's for sure and yes I may be going through a storm you know but I'm seeking inner peace I feel like there's peace in knowing that the bond that I have with my grandmother is unbreakable it's peace in knowing that she knew how much I loved her like she really did and I knew how much she loved me period there's peace in knowing that like I gave her her flowers while she was still here I believe in angels and guardian angels so like there's peace in me knowing that I gained someone like her as mine like knowing the type of relationship we had on this earth and knowing how much she was protective of me like knowing the love she had for me while she was physically here with me oh I know it's about to hit different on that other side you know I I have so much comfort in knowing that she's an angel for me so much I feel like because I've been gone for so long and because I've been having my phone on do not disturb and blocking calls and blocking numbers and shit people really think that every day that I've been gone I've been sitting down stuck in this sad every day and that's not the case I'm gonna be honest with you it's not the case like I said it's a roller coaster but it's like a lot of what I'm going through is normal and it's okay and I'm tired of it being demonized from certain people. There's not a right or wrong way to grieve and I can't be comparing my experiences to others and be impressed on rushing the process. Time doesn't heal all wounds and through this process people have been giving their condolences and telling me that it does but I feel like being in time does. I want to feel what I'm feeling. What do I always say? I'ma feel my feelings. Without blocking and masking it through other distractions or projects, or you know, just like basically, if you listen to Solange's Cranes in the Sky, you get the gist. That's not what I'm trying to do. I don't want to do all that just for my grief to show up in other aspects of my lifetimes. Ten, okay? I am okay with stillness. I am okay with crying, and I am okay with giving myself time. I am. I miss my grandmother so much. She's the last thing I think of at night and the first thing I think of in the morning. And it's been that way for years. It's been that way for years and I love her. I really do. I love you, Bobby Jean King. I do. (sighs) And with that being said, let's close this episode out with the affirmation. I feel like it's, it's necessary because while I'm recording this, you know, this was sent to me. So it just feels like confirmation. All right. It says, I will heal from this. I trust the process. I love this self that is me that is in pain. I embrace it with courage and grace. I take my fear and I turn it into energy. I take a leap of faith and compassion and let healing work its wonders in me. That is the one, y'all. Tell me that's not the one. Tell me that's like, that's not confirmation of everything I just said. Wow. Okay, I want to thank you all for listening to this episode. Again, I want to thank everyone who reached out and shared their condolences, sent their love, all of that. Wow, like I'm so grateful for you all because even while I was away, the listens were still going up. I'm like... Okay, I see y'all. Thank you. Um, May is also mental health awareness month. So I feel like I came back at the right time. I really did. And this month, I definitely want to talk more about that in the next couple of episodes because this is just the beginning and I want to just share things that I've been doing to like get me out of this funk or like things that's been helping me with my mental health during this time. So that's coming soon. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Definitely don't forget to subscribe to That's Not On Brand. Leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts at. Leave a review. And don't forget to follow on Instagram at That's Not On Brand. I love y'all. Bye, wodies.